and the Lord said. What's up, everybody? I'm Big Mike. And I am Brando. And this is Brewheads. You damn right. So today we are at Tox Brewing in New London, Connecticut. Hanging out with Dane and Mike. Um, yeah. Actually, I was looking through uh, your uh, your actual webpage, and you guys played at the Hurricane Katrina thing? The relief? Did we play at We played at one, yeah. and it was local. It was New London or East Lime or something. Um, we were been playing in bands together for yeah. most of our you guys adolescent and adult yeah. life, and we did play at one for sure. That was cool. That was just like, neat to see like a throwback from like something I remembered. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I guess, a testament to how long we've been, you know, yeah. known each other and yeah, playing music. I mean, that was middle of high school or Got something. a lot of throwbacks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture in here of us at our preschool graduation. Wow. You know, yeah. like, what, four years old, something like that. So that section of the webpage is just talking about our history and how, yeah. Long, yeah. how long we've known each other. So yeah, I mean, his mom found a picture of us at preschool graduation together. We've been really close since like middle school, kind of fifth, sixth, yep. seventh grade. Um, you know, and Ever since then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turned into a, like a what, like a beer hobby, and then it was just yes. Yeah, so there's there was a point where we were all playing a band together with a, another co-founder who's still involved with the business. Yeah, um, his name's John. We were on a band together and band practices and yeah. set breaks at shows. We would just talk about beer, craft beer. John and Dane were certainly further ahead of me in the home brewing game at that mm -hmm. point. And then there, there was a time where... <laughs> you alright there? Our beer has that effect sometimes. You, you about to die? There was like a little heat with it, and I breathed it in. Oh. You didn't put that ghost pepper in there. Oh, what is that? Is that oh, triple this dark? Yeah. triple dark? Oh, triple dark. Yeah, so, and then we just started bonding over beer as much as music, and then one day we just decided to go for it. So yeah. All home brewing on our own and together. Yep. And, Sat down and wrote a business plan, and the rest is brief, but still history. <laughs> so what, when did you guys open? 2019. So we're, we're two years, two, uh, two and change. Two months in. And yeah. still going through a... Early April uh, a hell of a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. at yeah. this point, most of the time we've been open has been during a pandemic. Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously highs and lows, but, you know, we would always have these catastrophe, like pessimistic mindsets when we're, you know, we've never... We don't come from entrepreneurs. Opening a business was a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if this happens? And sure enough, yeah, um, it's been real a testament of you know, our you know, ability to be able to adapt and kind of roll with it, change sure. our business model overnight several times. Actually, for the amount of breweries that's actually opened in this amount of time, one has surprised me, but two also, it's probably one of the, I would say, best times because it, right off the bat, this is like you're gonna find out how like if you're gonna succeed, you're gonna or, succeed not. or not yeah. with this business because this is the toughest time you know it, to actually have a brewery like this is probably one of because more so it's personal and when you can't have people coming in in droves you know it's one of those things where it's like wow you know it's got to be scary as a business owner to just be like you know it wow. was I mean we How are we going to succeed in this? So we're not we, we're not business people, right? I'm mm -hmm. a scientist, and and Mike has a background in well, yeah, a bunch of different things. He's a multi-talented <laughs> man. Sitting in a cubicle, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. yeah. But 
but this was not our arena, and so we had to figure it out on our own. Yeah. And before we opened, we made all these different projections of okay, like what's a best case scenario, what's a probably expected scenario, what's a worst case scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, when pandemic hit, and most of our sales, most of our revenue relied on tap room. Yeah. Um, we had to rethink everything from the ground up mm -hmm. in a matter of a couple of weeks or months. Um, uh, most of our business was centered around our tap room. Like, yeah. We have 12 feet of bar that all the money that drives our business, keeps the lights on, is transacted across that bar. Yeah. Luckily, we got a canning line um, two months before the pandemic. Mm. So that was just a like a coincidence. But yeah, to be able to adapt overnight, like website pre-order, curbside pickup, you know, yeah. across from you guys, you know, to my left, there's a nice one-way parking lot that was convenient for like a drive-through pickup model you yeah know, open the trunk id through the window so we've seen it all we've had mandatory closures voluntary closures um you know adapting like well do we do growler fills crowler fills both when we're canning and then navigating distancing of the tables and right just all it was just it was really trying i mean we were never like really in trouble we weren't in the black every month but we you know, we never had to like lay anyone off. Or real, we were never like in super, super you know, dangerous yeah. waters, but it was definitely trying. And yeah. I mean, since we reopened in February, we've been as busy as we can be, which is great. So, when you guys were able to reopen and have people like in the brewery again, how like was it? Just like when those finally were kind of getting some symbol of normalcy, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you didn't really have like, a taste of it too much before, right? So that's the thing is. We had ne there was never a time where we were be able to can our beer outside of a pandemic. So we don't know like like without those factors, yeah. you know, pressures like what is our typical business look right. like? Okay. Because it was adapting naturally at the same time as the pandemic happened. So like we didn't even have a full year. You know, the pandemic hit at month ten of us being open. Yeah, oh, and okay. the first few months of any business opening, it's not really indicative of what those months yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we didn't even know what baseline was supposed to be. We couldn't yeah. compare before and after because yeah. we had changed naturally and grown through mm -hmm. through collaborations and doing stuff at twelve percent <clears throat> beer project yeah. and some you know just equipment and scaling growth mm -hmm. like all those things so we we don't really know how to compare it to what life would have been like pre-pandemic because we changed so much outside of those yeah. pressures so um so as far like i don't i don't really know what normal is and the whole world you know feels like a different kind of normal yeah, yeah. since pandemic but we we had a voluntary closure through like that second wave because you've seen our tap room it's so small yeah, smaller, spacing yeah. everything six feet out yeah and it's too cold to really be comfortable outside, so we're like, let's just go curbside from like Thanksgiving until February. And through that time, we really got dialed in with our canning line. We filled a couple bourbon barrels. Like mm -hmm. we did some stuff we've been needing to do anyway. Yeah. And then we reopened this past February, and we've been super busy. You know, still taking precautions, still offering a curbside model, still yep. encouraging mask wearing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, we I feel I'm proud of how we were able to handle everything. And yeah great low it's very humbling and just a gratitude component too like seeing how amazing it is that through these times that our, our loyal customers still drive up every day and buy beer it's like i don't there's no business outside of my own i feel this passionately about to support this way yeah so it inspires you to go yeah. support other small businesses and yeah so it's yeah i mean it's very interesting you know, year and a half. Like I think you said we were month ten when it happened. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a cool business to be in to uh, 
to that like allows you to check off boxes of where you've been. Yeah. You know, it's not like there's no you know uh, like Chili's or Texas Roadhouse out there that you know you fit. Oh, I went to yeah, what the was passport, that, New London, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. Check in, right? I mean, and there's websites dedicated to it, and uh, I think it's just like a really cool thing that you can do without anyone being put in you know like danger. You know, you guys are being safe, yeah. doing all you can, you know, to uh, avoid any contamination and stuff like that. But yet, there's apps for it where you can tick off boxes of going to different places, and just because a customer goes from your brewery to another brewery. There's a customer go from that brewery to this brewery, you know? Mm. So it's just, it's the coolest, like, logistical it is. board of, game board of it's just being places. It's such a communal sense yeah. of tourism where, you know, you have, all breweries are friendly for the most part and yep. send each other our way. And rather than being ultra competitive, if there's a lot of good breweries in an area that drives tourism to all of them, because it's like, let's go to that area and hit the breweries. Yeah, right. Um, and it, you know, really o- opening a small business. I mean, you've talked to a bunch of people in our boat mm-hmm. now, and we all faced similar comments when we were opening up, right? Comments about the bubble. Yeah. Well, don't you think the bubble is going to pop? The craft yeah, beer bubble. Craft beer bubble yeah, craft beer bubble, yeah. Right? Saturation. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, we looked at that as a challenge and said, I don't, I don't think there's a bubble. I mean, let's look, let's look at coffee shops, right? Is there a coffee shop bubble? There's a little coffee shop in every little town. Yeah, yep. And there's certain products that people like to support local. Yeah. And for us, I mean, and I'm one of them. Before we owned a brewery, I'm the guy who went to the, I travel to a new place. I say, what's local to the area? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were of the mind that every little town could support its own brewery. And, right. Uh, and, and that was what we. We designed this place. Yeah. We're fortunate and baffled, you know, that there's no other brewery in New London. Even when we open, we're like, most cities are size of like two or three at this point. Yeah, yeah. So that, well, there's a level of comfort in that. But like Dane said, the coffee shop thing or like pizza places, you know, you have 10, oh my God. You have 10 yeah. pizza places in your town. You wouldn't say it's saturated. Yeah. Right. It's since like post-prohibition when beer became this macro distributed commodity that you think yeah. that like only a few can survive in an area but just like anything else it's people are willing to pay a little more and if it's done well get it locally yeah um, you know it's a market of you know our customers are people with some disposable income that are willing to pay a little more for a better product and Absolutely, you know yeah. so that's why if there's four or five breweries in a city or whatever it's you know if they're running their business well enough it's yeah it's not like a I don't think we're close to saturation. No, I, I don't think so either. I think as long as as long as you make good beer, yeah. you know, you really won't have an issue. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing because, I mean, in all honesty, how many people love beer and love you know different tasting beer? And you go to a different brewery, it's a different beer. You know, you can have an IPA, but I can go to five different breweries and have five different IPAs depending on what I want. I can go With to this the same brewery. ingredients yeah. and it can taste totally different. Yeah. You know, so I think so, that's yeah, that's that's true. There's so many variables. It sounds a little cliche at this point, but I think Mike Mike would be the guy who who really exemplifies this. Is that uh, beer, in our view, is also art, and we yes. look at it that way, and um, we approach it like. Again, cliche, but it's like a canvas, and we try new things, we experiment with new things, we read a lot about, you know, we have a library in the back of, of books on how to accomplish certain things that we're looking for, and one of our philosophies from the day we opened was, if we're not satisfied with it, 
we're not going to just like slap a different label on it and sell it at a discount or you know uh, try. Don't say it. <laughs> we're 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 going to dump it down the drain. Yeah, um, yeah. And we do. And <laughs> We actually do uh, dump beers down the drain. Uh, we haven't lately, uh, which is really good, but in the beginning it was like, nope. Yeah. It's uh, a symptom <laughs> of scaling too. So like oh, you yeah. buy a new system that works completely differently and you have all your yeah. home brews, but in the beginning we did a fair bit amount of it, which is tough because you also don't have any money when you, it's, right. it's yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. Oh, it hurt. You know, it four hurt. figures worth of sellable beer going down the drain, but it's like, you know, you only have one chance to make a first impression. Right, so very true. The difference between, you know, it's anyone can, I'll buy one beer once if it's got a cool label or I like the description, but it's, yeah. if it's good, that's what keeps people coming back. So it's a long-term investment to not put something out if you're not satisfied with it. So we did a fair amount of that, less and less over the years, uh, as we've gotten more dialed in with our system, our recipes, our cleaning process, mm -hmm. just everything, none of those factors. But those factors aren't, you know, hurting us as much as they had before. But yeah, so it's. So how much, when you guys switch from home brewing to becoming a bona fide brewery, the scaling, how difficult was it? Was it like some beers were like, oh, this is easy, and then other beers was like, what the fuck just happened? Kind of, <laughs> dude. It's exactly that. You can't just if you're making thirty times the amount. You can't just multiply all the ingredients. Yeah, by 30, yeah. Like, it's complete. Each one has a different scaling. And yeah. you don't know till you try. And so there is some trial and error there, but you learn from each one. And that's what, you know, we, when you're home brewing, you brew a batch of beer and you don't really know what the result is until a month later. Yeah, right? So yeah. your, your learning curve is pretty slow because yeah. you got to keep experimenting, try a new variable, yep. wait another month. And that's a lot of beer to drink by yourself, your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> It really, yeah, so it was slower, but here we got so much better, so much faster because we're doing so mm. much more and keeping uh, close tabs on exactly the variables that we mm -hmm. change. And so over time, we're even for a single uh, brand, a single uh, label beer, yeah. um, we would tweak it and make it better and better. So if we had, and I don't think we do, but if we had a vintage can of Dart Frog from a year ago compared mm -hmm. to Dart Frog today, um, it, it would be different, different. but it's tinkering, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, but like you said, the scaling, and it's not only that, just scale, it doesn't scale, nothing scales linearly this way, but also like the system too, like, you know, we have a very space and budget saving system that, very manual, but getting the kinks worked out of that, um, you know, the efficiencies and the, you know, the amount of this, you know, it's that was also a learning curve and still is and you say some beers are a little easier you know simple mars in you know oktoberfest style mars in yeah might be a little easier than something like a triple dart where <laughs> there's a reason it took us two and a half years to do a triple ipa on our system because yeah. we were still i was still largely unhappy with how our double ipas were turning out and the nature of our system it's very manual and to get anything over seven and a half percent is a very you know two mashes a very long brew day oh. so um, really getting comfortable with some of our bigger beers before trying to execute something like that. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, a, well done. Our, by the way, this is thank you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. it's, it's all New Zealand hopped, and yeah. finding that balance between sweetness and too boozy is yep. a challenge. It's a little on the sweeter side, but yep. I think I'd prefer that to being too harsh and yeah. boozy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's around nine and a half percent. Finishing gravity is a little higher than we hoped, but it, it came out really well, and I think the New Zealand hop 
profile yeah. in there is Especially, really like, interesting flavor. The amount of like just candy aroma that comes off it from the like uh, what is it? Uh, you got Nelson. Yeah, it's Nelson, Rakoutra, and Rakau and Matuika, Matuika, Matuka, however yep. you say it. Yeah, those are the three hops. Mostly <laughs> Nelson Sabin. <laughs> Is that an African American stripper? Yeah, that was Clinton's comment. Clinton said Motu, we had Motu. a beer with Motuika. So he was an African American stripper. Like, oh, God. Clinton. Uh, that's pretty funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's New Zealand. I don't know if it's an Aboriginal thing. Or what were the natives of. Said Aboriginal. Yeah, Aboriginal. Yeah. So that's Australia. Who are the natives of New Zealand? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think a lot of that, that valley where they yeah. grow, grow wine and hops, there's yeah. a lot of influence there. Um, I'm a lover of New Zealand hops. I think Absolutely. they're very interesting and complex. And some people love yeah. their Australian Galaxy and Vic Secret. I find those a little finicky for me, but we still do all of it. I know Dane was always a Citra lover. Use a lot of Citra. So I, some American hops. But the New Zealand stuff. I love Rakoutra. I mean, Rakoutra. We also I love we, 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 we yeah. way overbought Nelson Sauvin hops in 2019, so we had a lot of crop. We, needed oh. to <laughs> we had a lot of Nelson yeah. Sauvin beers, and we're finally through that. Um, but you know, a lot of our flags at this point are that. Yeah, that was one of our earliest uh, blunders. What you know in the business world was adding an accidental extra zero onto a number of boxes. I've done that. Yeah, we, I, I, I thought we were buying 44 pounds. We bought 440 pounds. So we got 10 boxes instead of yeah. uh, one. Um, I, I've made that mistake. It was a great crop though. Doing so orders. We, we, yeah. And and Nelson Salmon is typically if you don't have contracts, it's a harder uh, hop yeah. to find. Yeah, it is. Buying it on spot hops from random vendors, so there was a comfort in knowing we had a good crop and we had a lot of it. We got ourselves a big freezer and we had everything sealed well, mm -hmm. so uh, never spoiled, which was nice. We were able yep. to use it all, but yeah, so that was funny. It was like the way the invoice or the order confirmation was structured. It was like kind of odd to read, like the display and yeah. I thought I was buying forty-four pounds, but. <laughs> Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that's kind of expensive. It's way more expensive than I thought it would be. Right. <laughs> so, with with doing the like the collabs with twelve um, percent and all that stuff, um, yeah. how how fun is that stuff? Because it just seems like doing collabs is always a yeah. Like, fun is that a party day or is it a work day? Is it a both? both? <laughs> um. Yeah. So we. We've been talking at 12% like for a year before we actually did anything there. And we did a collab with Abomination, yeah. which was yes. a fun way to test the water. Toxic that, Earth? That was... Holy shit, interesting. Dude. We Big, we, sweet matcha beer. We, we had oh. that, and it was like... it was. We looked at it, it was like... How? <laughs> it was fucking green. It was just like, how? It's like, this looks like Swamp Thing's piss. Yeah, not even How? like a cool neon green. It was like baby puke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. You it, was, know. And it was so good. Oh but, my hey, God. if you're going to collab, you might as well go wacky with it. Yeah. yeah. Those guys credit. It was mostly their idea, that beer. I mean, we helped with the recipe, but they had the idea of doing a matcha beer. And yeah. So that was cool. I mean, the, uh, Alex from 12% came into the taproom a few times when Dane was working. And what an opportunity. I mean, the, the operation there and... Um, how well they execute everything that it's just yeah you know here's the thing i mean for them it's not just a regular contract you know and it's not just a you know a wing it like oh we got the recipe you know whatever it's close yeah. enough they these guys are dialing down to like the the recreating what the water is like here uh to oh, make wow. it similar, similar? yeah um, 
we you know we're talking uh, trace electrolytes and things like that that we're able to dial in so that's serious and and <laughs> yeah. yeah and we were uh, very clear that we wanted it to be a tox beer you know, through and through yeah and it's yeah. We've been so happy with the way that they it's been great so it. i was very on the fence in the beginning uh, mm-hmm. a lot more so than dane i mean i'm like well you know i'm never interested in the contracting thing and there's, there's a stewardship in this we want to yeah. put our name on something that we're crafting and but they have a different business model like they're an actual distributor yeah so what what they're making there it's in their interest to execute as well as possible yeah. because they're the ones who have to distribute and sell it and while it's our beer so um you know it's been really great because um not everyone can brew there and to be part of asked to be part of that you know collective is yeah, really great and yeah. they've executed everything so well you know we can obviously go on brew days if we want but at this point it would be for me. It's like if I'm standing at that brew system, it would be like trying to fly a space shuttle when I'm used <laughs> when I'm yeah, used to usually, a Cessna yeah. or a puddle hopper. Yeah. Just compared to our system, so most of the time, my time is better spent here brewing because Chase and Zach and Sean and I think Carla and all the people that brew there are just so talented. And like you said, every down to every detail, of the water chemistry, recreating the crazy fruit combinations yeah. and whirlpool hops that we do. Yeah. You've just done such a good job that it's been a real pleasure. And the stuff that's difficult to brew here, like those higher ABV years, it's really nice to be able to brew down there. What an example, this beer. So, I mean, like, to be clear, this is like an engineering feat for us to pull off here, just because of the limitations of the size of the system. Yeah. Whereas a brew system like 12% has or other big brewers yeah, have, that... they could bang this out in an afternoon. Yeah. For us, this took Mike two 13-hour days back there, Ooh. manually doing this stuff. Uh, more hops than we've ever used in a beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the just the, the nature of our system. We have to do gotcha. Yeah. So to in do order to mash something twice, we have a single vessel. Most breweries are three or four. We have one vessel that has a. It's a big brew in a bag system. So we have a grain basket. We mash in. We lift the grain out. We sparge over. You know, fly sparge. Right. And then we um, have to empty that grain out and then grain in again with the wort that's already in there. So we can't start boiling while we're doing our special separate our second mash. So it's like, you know, we start at 6 a.m. We walk out of here around 7 p.m. on those days. We have electric heating elements and the cleaning on the. Long story short, it's yeah, it's everything's it's a, linear. You know, big fancy pants brew houses say, oh, well, high ABV beer. It's not that big a deal. It's just yeah. more grain and you know. Um, so we use a little more space. Yeah, in yeah. our mash time than normal. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they have like, rakes and pl- like plows on an auger yeah. in there that <laughs> stir everything in. Yeah. That's a great you know, way to look at it. Is it it's, you can't stagger. Like if you're doing Thanksgiving dinner, you have four burners on your stove, you can start making this while you're doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We can't do, and at a normal, a large brewery, you can stagger parts of the brew process where you mm-hmm. can start one thing while you're doing another thing. Right. For us, everything has to be done sequentially. There's no overlap uh, because of limitations. It's, it's almost still like your home brewing. Cause that's like with home brewing, it's, it's linear, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. This is pretty similar to home brewing, actually. I mean, all brewing is just scaled up home brewing, but we're not very automated here, so it, it is. It's a nice transition for us, never having worked in a brewery before. You know, <laughs> yeah. just coming as home yeah. brewers, it was great. But we're at the point now where there's some limitations to our system. We've talked about getting a separate mash ton, or whether here. Or buying a fancy pants building somewhere else and being able to get a better system. There's some things I want to try. You know, I'm heavily influenced by some of these big Midwest stout brewers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Be able to try some of these, like, 
multiple mash, long boil, first runnings only stouts, you know, just mm. pour like motor oil, sweet, <laughs> sweet, but with no sugar. Like, yeah. just a lot of those, you know, there's a lot of limitations to having a single vessel and electric heating elements that hopefully someday we have more wiggle room. But I think the fact that we've been able to we have on this system is... I'm very proud of it because it's, you know... I mean, I would be, too. With yeah, the I mean, that you guys are coming out with, for no real. one in their mind would be like, well, they have a very limited system. Like, yeah. Nothing, yeah, you're, no. nothing you're putting in a glass or, a, or selling in a can shows a limited system. Yeah, I mean, so, it's... I mean, it's, it's awesome beer, good stuff. It's it's poss- It's always possible on our system. There's always we're, We always find a way to... You know, there's a culinary approach to doing right. what you want yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. It's usually just a longer, more strenuous day. But. And we do have a philosophy that nothing's impossible. It, you, you come up against barriers all the time here. And, and, you know, there have been moments where one of us or somebody on our crew throws up their hand and says, nope, this can't be done. Like, it is impossible. And one of us always has to temper the other and say, well, it's going to get done and we're going to yeah, figure out how to do it. It will get done. Yeah. So if every time when we were building this place, you know, Dan and I were here till midnight, two, three in the morning, sometimes just putting this place together. And the amount of times we're like, this can't be done. If we just stop there, like nothing would ever happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's I, always a way like yeah. finding room in our cooler or in our storage areas or, you know, flavoring a beer that isn't going well. Um, the amount of, solutions that we've had to find the amount of you know things we've had to engineer to to make things work it's, it's actually that's the it's that's any the fun part. i mean talk to any small business owner, right if you go to a pizza place or a restaurant or a you know a car dealership or a yeah the amount of barriers there are to to overcome you know. There's always uh, we need to get this done. We don't care how it just needs yeah. to get done Starting it's just different when it's you <laughs> yeah. it's different when it's you being the one that yeah. has to force yourself to say that it's not the person, you know, the boss behind you. Yeah. Dane, find Dane out. and I can't roll anything up the ladder. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So when the canning line shuts down and the beer's all foamy or something, it's not working, and I have four people looking at me like, Mike, what do we do? <laughs> there's a lot, you know, that can yeah. get pretty stressful, but we always find a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the one gift and a curse of, you know, owning a business is the fact that. Yeah, Nobody you tells can, you what to do. You, you got no one can tell you oh, what man. to do, and but everyone's asked you, "Hey, what do we need to right, do?" Right. Well, that's, the, that's the drawback, right? We yeah. don't have to answer to anyone. We can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. We can make a beer taste like chips and margaritas and mango habanero salsa if we want. Or yes, yes. If I want to put blue raspberry yeah. in a beer, which isn't a real thing, I'm gonna find a way to do it. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or well, actually, one of the great things about the twelve percent is. It frees up some space here to to brew fun, wacky beers or traditional beers. Like yeah. brewing things like a Marzen or a, or a Munich style Helles is as a brewer that's very satisfying because it keeps you honest. It keeps you educational. You know, fundamentals, basic brewing. Um, you know, processes and knowledge. So. I like double IPAs and I like making them, but and fruited sours. But when the demand says I have to make those every other week, then it doesn't free up as much room <laughs> yeah, to have a, right. a, yeah. a light American wheat beer or a, a Marzen on tap. So it's been nice to be able to make great beer down there and have a little more flexibility here to do some fun stuff. Um, and I think one thing that we at least strive for, whether we excel at it or not, is 
having a great variety. Like we're not, I don't know if we're known as the brewery that does that thing well. I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on our hoppy, hazy offerings, yeah. our fruited sours, our lagers, our stouts, um, very traditional. I, I'm even experimenting with some mixed fermentation stuff that we want to bottle condition. You know, being able to, it's the, being able to learn all these things and try to execute them all well, rather than getting pigeonholed to a thing, I think is beneficial to us. And it also like, when the markets change, you're a little more equipped to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, you've already got something to kind yeah. of fill that little niche. Like if the world gets tired of fruited sours, you know, and you're the slushy brewery, it's like where right. do you go from there? Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, we like doing those things, and we like doing most things. You know, and that's that's one of those things. That's the other thing with owning the brewery is finding that line between keeping what popular and what kind of brings people in, and kind of almost being true to yourself on the styles that you enjoy. And because I mean, not to say that double IPAs and fruit sours aren't amazing. It's just that we find that most brewers that's far from what they enjoy. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of have like an inside joke where it's like all the brewers pretend that they just want to bring drink crispy boys and lagers and I'm not drinking the fruited sours and and IPAs, but I think the at least the group of us, like the three of us, the Dane and I, John, who you know I mentioned before, one Mm -hmm. of our founders and the managers and people that work here I think we collectively enjoy all those like depending on my mood I'm happy to drink a New England IPA or I don't know if I could drink a whole fruited sour but I'm glad to share one <laughs> I just sent 12% of a, you know a new recipe one you want to do for a new fruited sour series yeah. there there's a teaser um, you know so yeah you're right like a lot of brewers and we I mean I'm drinking a Marzen right now <laughs> but it's I think that's one thing we it's nice to have be a three-headed monster with the recipes so we can really i mean one of our flagships is a pre-prohibition style cream ale that was dane's wedding beer and i would put it up against any cream ale in the state i think we put a lot of effort into it we've worked really hard perfecting it even prior to opening our doors brewed super traditionally and it's one of our flagships you know same with um We've got some lagers that are, you know, do really well for us. We find we pour a lot of light traditional styles on tap here. They may not be the biggest movers in cans, but right. as far as people that want to come drink a beer at the brewery, they really appreciate having those styles available. I think from us doing this, we've really, like our, we've shied away palette-wise from, you know, like the New England style, uh, even though I love, I love triples. You guys need another beer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. But we've we've branched into this box and you know, yeah. lager. We love certain loggers and uh, pilsners. Pils- oh God! Yeah. Like if we went to a place that we've never heard of and we hit, it had a good pilsner and a, like a really crispy, nice, just bready lager. You know they can make anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, our palates are in such a way that you know, like the uh, so yeah, you get box pilsners, loggers. Um, the hells, yeah, um, and even uh, even just like the West Coast, you know, for me that's like a palate reset. You yeah, know, like you've had these um, good, strong, yeah, just bitter, something just a scrape and then yeah. you're ready for something else. You know, but, uh, good, I like that's a good adjective. For, yeah, for scrapes the palate, scrapes the palate. Done. <laughs> like what's, Actually, what's the this, name of this one? Uh, so it's called Still Bitter. Okay. So Still the uh, 
the 240th anniversary is the first week of September. So next week, um, September 6th, I think. Yeah. So New London was burned to the ground by the British. British. In the yep. Yeah. Rev War. Benedict Arnold. You know, mm. Yep. Uh, famous traders, yeah. actually yep. from Norwich, Connecticut. His really? Yeah. Cool. Was that he burned our city, and um, there's still. We're still bitter about it. So, <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah. Still bitter. So, yeah. When this was such a hit this past winter, we decided to brew it again in time for that. So, oh, for man. the anniversary. So, yeah, that's good. I mean, we've had people who've been to England come in here and be like, eh, it's a little different than the bitters over there, but like, you know, it's kind of an American take on an ESP, and it's been very popular for us. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, very damn. similar. Um, you know, different base malt that has a, which that's still better. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a much cleaner English ale yeast that has. It actually is a Bach yeast, which is a little different because there are. Um, I don't know if there's true Marzen yeast, but there's different styles of German lager yeast that exist. A lot of yeah. them are recommended for Marzen's. That's actually a Bach yeast that we just really like the flavor. Oh, of. okay. Paired with the Marzen recipe and yeah. the long cold crash, um, so we brew that in like the first week of June. And then true like two months oh. of lagering time. Yeah, we got it out. It's so clean. Oh, I love it. Oh, that 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 malty just hang just sits on my tongue. We love stuff like this style. Yeah. The, the maltiness that you can get out of this, just that malty flavor, the sweetness. It's so so good. That's you know. When people ask your favorite beer, I don't, you know, I don't have a favorite style, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a beer that tastes like I'm drinking bread. Yeah, mm. that's like yes, that's, that's what I crave. And both of these styles have that yeah. have that, that quality. quality. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like eating a nice piece of bread. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always uh, the breadiness of a of a good beer. Like, it just it just sits so well. And, and the classic hops too. So this. Um, the Toxtoberfest we're using all German hops and they have that the old world hops Allertal Mitzelfruh it's, yeah. it's one of the actual noble hops there's four noble hops and that's one of them so it's got that earthy kind of old fashioned I mean if you drank a craft beer 20 years ago or yeah, European yeah. style yeah. you get that really earthy flavor you don't get those big citrusy notes of yeah. the modern yeah. you know, hops that are bred genetically to have these really particular flavor mm-hmm. profiles and those are fun you know beers like this are really fun but yeah they have like lab created, you know, GMO hops. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sabro, like when yeah. we whirlpool a Sabro, it smells like pina colada in the brew house. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We're like yeah. strata. This yeah. is strata, and it's like it's like a super dank. It's almost like if you gave Citra the dankness of galaxy. And, yeah. Um, that's all East Kent Golding, so that's a true United Kingdom hop. So, so when you guys yeah. are brewing this, it must have smelled like bread. All yeah, it's day. bread. I mean, it, bread all day. And especially if, if Dane's involved with a recipe, it's gonna have biscuit malt in it. Or <laughs> 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 crackers, yeah. And when you mash in with that, it does smell quite wonderful. And that's it that was like actually part of the business strategy, believe it or not. When we were designing recipes for, I don't even know, this, are we running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, let it rip. Um, our, so our IPAs, so many of them rely on these brand name hops that are proprietary, literally you can't legally just grow citra hops. Those are trademarked and you have to be licensed to grow them. And even if, you know, as the hop, as taste profiles change, certain hops become really popular, you can't just like scale up production of hops. It takes years to grow a crop of, Mm -hmm. of good hops. So 
the market is always lagging behind. So the short of it is, certain hops that would become really critical for certain beers were always in and out of stock, and we couldn't rely on getting them. Yeah. So what happens if your flagship beer relies on a hop that's that's out of stock? So we designed recipes that were specifically not reliant on those. So we have certain beers here that rely on old school hops that yeah. are not proprietary that you can always get no matter what. That hops that grow around here even. Yeah. And got a few of them. And you know, some of those beers, it's really actually even some hazies like I know Devil's Trumpet was started. It's it's one of our double IPAs. It's not a huge New England juice bomb, but it's like a New England profile and yeah. it started at frustration. Like I was trying to find certain hops from the homebrew shops, they didn't have them. So it's like how can we make a super flavorful flavorful um, hazy beer with you know pedestrian hops that you can find anywhere, <laughs> anywhere at any yeah. time. And even like we have a, one of our popular IPAs, Amanitas, like Mosaic and Cascade, which are pretty. I mean, Cascade you can literally buy rhizomes on Amazon and grow it in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mosaic is proprietary, but it's everywhere all the time. That's pretty easy to find. <laughs> we're paranoid because we're, we're, oh, we've had so many equipment malfunctions. And it's always been with Tony. Which is the problem? Yeah, back east. Uh, back, yeah, Tony. But yeah, we've done so many. We've like the first gelato girl that they put out. We did a whole video with them. Sat down, talked about the beer, just like how we're doing this. Uh, that's Ice Cream Man with yeah. Galaxy, right? Or yeah. Or, or, um, now it's like a pina colada. It's yeah, a pina colada, yeah, it was yeah. a pina colada. Now they're doing one with uh, it's orange creamsicle or something yeah. like that. And go through the whole thing, everything. I go home, put the memory card in. <laughs> oh, I go to edit. And it's like, why does this sound muffled? And I'm listening to it. It's like, why do I hear everyone in the background? And and then so I I bring up like the audio, and I'm looking at the audio signal. I'm like, the mic's not. On. Was it the audio from this? No, it, the the mic wasn't connected properly to the camera. Oh. It was using the camera audio. Yeah, yeah, it was using the camera microphone, and I can tell the difference the way the audio track looks. And it's like. God, we just—you can—you can hear nothing. It, it was just like you can hear the background, and then like we're talking. And I try to do everything I could to try to like adjust the audio so that way you can cut. And it was just like—and then it cut off seven minutes before we finished. Yeah, it was. <sighs> uh, well. Tony is a great guy. He's a pillar in the Connecticut Brewers. Yeah. Team. Oh yes. He's, yeah. He's a member of the uh, board, and he's. We bought our canning line from him. He gave us a hell of a deal. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, you bought the canning line. Okay. Yeah, all right. I remember when he got yeah. sticker on it. So yeah, I remember when he was selling. Okay. Not only the canning line, but they gave us so many good hours of like pointers and training, like, mm -hmm. billable hour type. Yeah. Stuff. Mm -hmm. Super nice. You ever met Ed? Supportive. Yeah. I've Ed. never met Ed. Yeah. We've been funny. there. We've been there for like three years. Well, we only met Ed because the canning line, he's, you know, the, a technical right. resource yeah. on that. So. Every time we go is usually in the afternoon or in the evening, so he's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's always long gone. Nothing but I've only ever seen a picture of him. Yeah. You know, like, here, here's an example of, of just how awesome they are, is during pandemic, there was an aluminum shortage. Yeah. And for us, breweries like us, that had no tap room, everything you know, to stay alive we had to sell in cans yeah as much beer to go as we can and we were you know the the aluminum market was unbelievable oh yeah we were getting gout price gouge we we're buying from our normal supplier who taxed on an extra 
hundreds of dollars on each shipment just because he could. So high. Yeah, yeah. Forces well, us to buy stuff we don't use, like accessories for the cans. Oh, all, and it was so, or in some cases we just couldn't get them at all. Yeah. So back east, which had a massive can contract in their warehouse, yeah, yeah, said, hey, any Connecticut breweries, if you guys need cans, we will, we'll get you whatever you need and we'll sell them for whatever. Like we're not going to profit off them. We'll we'll sell them to you for what we pay. And so they saved our ass now twice. <laughs> yes. Now twice they have, and, and they don't. I don't, I don't even know if they Dane realize. rented a U-Haul and drove down like three or four pallets of cans when we were struggling to find cans. I mean, wow. I would email our supplier. He'd be like, "Eh, try again next week. I don't have any right now." And then, like, sometimes three weeks in that in a row. And what do you do? You got tanks full of beer, yeah. and you can't brew till you can empty them. Yeah. And where are they gonna go? And we had to get cans. So these guys just came through. And same with this canning machine. I mean, yeah. A little brewery like us, do we, you know, what business do we have with a canning machine like that? The only reason we have it is because a brewery like Back Yeast was willing to not only sell it to us, but teach us how to use it. And so it was, it was, those guys are awesome and we actually owe a lot to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you think of those things, and hopefully we're in a position someday where we can pay it for right. another small brewery when we're on our big 30-barrel brew house. Right. And, you know, have our own beer empire. We can pay it forward to another startup. We, we always say that because we're in the auto industry, and you will never see anything like that in the auto industry. Even I mean, even like, I work at Hyundai, and I can't go to another... Hyundai dealer and say, "Hey, can I borrow this tool?" They look at me, "No, go buy it like yeah. you're supposed to." You know, it uh, is like, oh, like I've yeah. always said, like, "Hey, can I borrow a tech?" You know, yeah. can can he come over and you know, because he's really good on this engine or whatever. Can I borrow him over at my dealership? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, right. like, it, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I feel pretty fortunate. I mean, it's such a I text Outer Light maybe every few months and it'd be like, "Oh, I need." I'm short a bag of Pilsner malt, or you have any Matuka hops, or you know whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, come on by, borrow it, either yeah. just give it back when you get your order in, or write us a check. Like, super supportive. Yeah. There's some, there's some breweries in particular that are always willing to help, like Alveria, and they've done us a lot of favors. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Good Mike guys. and yeah. you know, those guys up there, uh, Mike and Brian, are super helpful. Yeah. Oh, just, you know, there, there's 110 breweries in the Brewers Guild, <laughs> and there are some that yeah. just kind of rise above and. They're just pillars in the community, right. and you, know, you strive for that. You want to be a resource in your community. Everyone succeeds together, so um, it's a great community. We're very happy to be in Connecticut, part of the guild. Say you want about Connecticut fiscally, but it's actually a great state to own a brewery, and yeah, there's some. It's very friendly to craft beer. Like, actually, that is very true. From what I mean, and we consider ourselves outsiders, just looking in into the craft beer world, and just the experience we've had is like amazing you know and you can see just how it's everyone treats it as a community you know we yeah. succeed together you know absolutely and, and it helps it helps everybody to to treat it that way shout out to the guild i mean phil the executive director there he's our one employee as the, of the brewers guild he just you know lobbying in hartford like fighting for all these yeah, the the, permits change, yeah, just right. all this stuff. Yeah. And Aaron, the president of the guild, he's the owner of Beard. He's he's seen everything. He's the one who's championing, like uh, changing the limits that we can sell direct. Right. But yeah, yeah. Any kind of corner of legislation, he's seen all of it and fought for all of it. And you know, big guys like Two Roads have been very influential to making it a friendly state for breweries. Right. The hundred breweries in the state that have opened since them are a proxy of the 
the work a byproduct of the work they've yeah, done to make yeah. it a great state to open a brewery. Yeah, it's like their children, you know. Like, yeah. This is what we've helped <laughs> develop. In we can self-distribute. If you go to Rhode Island, you can't do that. Like I can roll a keg to Pizzerama and sell it to them. Yeah. Um, but if you go to Rhode Island, there has to be a middleman. And, or if you go to Vermont, I can't sell a full pint to a customer without having a menu of food, like without offering a food item. So there's a lot of things that Connecticut is actually, you don't think about it because it's not a thing here, but there are a lot of reasons why Connecticut's a pretty good state to open a brewery in. I mean, there's, you know, the limits, deck direct to customers, there's a couple right. things that are But that was increased to what, like two cases? Yeah, it went from nine liters to nine, nine gallons. gallons yeah. So at least now we can sell a log to someone yeah. who's having yeah. a party at home or or sell three cases instead of three quarters of a case, right. you know? So, you know, it's, and that's the testament to the work that the Guild has been doing and a lot of the very prominent members in it. Uh, well, what'd you guys say on ask about the- Oh, Tox, where did you come up with yeah, the name Tox? Yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. So naming beers sucks. It's one of the worst parts of the day. We didn't want to fall in the trap of naming our beer. Like, you know, you have these corny brew pub names where it's like a sentence or, you know, you're, basing it off of some pun or some yeah, intellectual yeah, yeah. property yeah, we yeah. don't have a, a hop pun in the name of any of our beers <laughs> so dane happens to be a toxicologist for a living and he could tell you about his job like what is it like you, you know. still do that I yeah still do that. oh very wow. much so he still has his full-time career outside of all the late nights Whew. He spends that, with yeah. That's so clear, that's a so, long day. Yeah, it is. It was, it was a lot longer before, but uh, yeah, yeah, there was a time both Mike and I had our own careers and full-time jobs when we started this place. We went in 50-50, and the whole idea was we're going to build this place together. And when it's finally up and running, Mike will leave his job and he'll be our first full-time employee. And that sense worked out that way. I was never planning to, to leave my career. And um, I do this nights and weekends yes. and all the, all the other times that I'm not <laughs> Right. I was rotting in a cubicle most days on Excel, just doing supply oh, chain stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. space. No, I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the company was great. Nothing bad to say about them. But, you know, my career wasn't as important or as lucrative or I didn't go to school for a decade to work towards it you know yeah. what I mean I mean I went to college but like so it was I was the obvious move and I was really passionate about being involved with the beer and stuff so it was a natural transition I would you know take a huge pay cut and just to get us going and like you know just do this full time mm -hmm. and Dane would put in all the hours on nights and weekends um, so you know he in addition to his crazy day job, he puts in so much time, just volunteers time to like, I mean, the heroic stuff that no one cares about, like tax, tax audits and payroll and <laughs> right, paying bills yeah, and finances yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, meeting with the accountant and all that stuff. So, you know, there's been a division of labor like that where I do the stuff where someone actually physically has to be here. So I'm brewing the beer for a while. I was overseeing the retail operation. And, um, production I brewed, once in a while. I brewed this one. Yes. Why it tastes so bad. I, I, I missed my first brew day since my son was born two years ago. More than two years ago. Dane and Zach, who, shout out to Zach, he brews every beer with me. Yep. He's our canning line guru at this point. He's involved with all the canning and brewing. You know, I do most of like the ancillary cellar work, but he's he's back there almost full time with me. So I went to Cape Cod a few weeks ago, and these two guys brewed our our uh, Municellus without me here, and did a good job. They also canned a beer without me, and it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to go away with my family for once. But so it was the whole great. Idea was tox. So yeah, my, tox. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my background is I'm a pharmacist, and my day job is that I 
teach at a university and I practice in a hospital seeing poison patients. Okay. So treating people who have been poisoned by one thing or another. And I study poisons and it's been on my mind every day for a decade. A decade. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my, my thing. Yeah. And so when we were home brewers, naming beers, we would just kind of, you know, I would have a, a poison on my mind because it was a thing I was reading about or whatever, and I would, we would just name it that. And we kind of, it kind of stuck. Like, yeah. you know, we used to be talking about foraging for mushrooms or all these yeah. poisons that occur <laughs> in nature and like these plants, these poisonous flowers and mushrooms. And he would just talk about them and always be thinking about them. And a lot of them had really cool uh, names, like street names, you know. No, you know, so Street we, <laughs> you know, like, like angel dust. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just names. Yeah. Um, angel wings, for instance, is just a mushroom or passion flowers. So it's like these were just cool words that you know, even if you don't know what they are, it just it's a cool. Yeah. Nightshade and Belladonna and Monkshood yeah. and oh, God, uh, yeah, angel's trumpet. Hellebore, Hellebore. I mean. This is a flower that grows in Europe. It's native to Germany, and it's got poisonous properties, and it's called hellebore. I mean, how perfect for a hellebore. Like, there's been so many of these things where it's like, it's just a great name for a beer, and it's an obvious pairing. And, and we've had some where it kind of pushed a limit, and we said, you know, that that goes a step too far. <laughs> and funny enough, so when we first started, we were a brew, you know, brew pub kind of business model right yeah. everything we would make it here and sell it here we didn't have to go to the government to get labels approved mm. but once we started canning we did yeah, yeah. We actually have to get them approved and there's a person who has to read the label and verify it and they can accept it or reject it yeah and we've had a number of they're actually kind of funny to us now but we've had a number of run-ins with the government where they'll reject a beer on the grounds uh, on certain grounds because we pushed Pushed the limit a little bit too much. So actually, this beer—I don't. I guess we don't need to go into too many details about this one. <laughs> this one was rejected, I think, twice for, oh, for wow. a couple of for some of the wording we had. But one of the funny things, one of the first ones that was rejected is a beer that we had called Detox, which was a pilsner, and mm -hmm. thought it would be funny. You know, all these beers are toxin names. Sounds like a yeah. palate scraper. Yeah, palate scraper. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, let's call this one Detox, and they rejected it because it. Uh, they said it implied it, uh, therapeutic properties. Yeah, it, 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 oh we're implying a, med, a medicinal component, oh, or you know, like, uh, we've literally named beers after the most deadly poisons known to man. No problem. Yes. This is yeah. so okay. Fine. We, so we renamed that one after a poisonous plant of all things and now it's sort of you seem more cons less concerned about nasing something after poison than something right. medicinal or they, how do you how do you passion flower 2020 out there are people that claim yeah, yeah right? exactly well i think the logic of that is you have to be 21 to buy a beer so you don't have I, delicate ears at I, that point i mean granted if 2020 yeah it, i don't care you should. shout out to abomination those yeah. guys are awesome and i'm i'm glad they pulled that off yeah because really i mean awesome it, it fits so Everyone well. needed that beer yeah. too. Oh, it, fits, yeah, it fits so well. But like passion flowers, an example, if you know, we there are these vines, these passion fruit plants that decorate our beer garden and they have these cool flowers. Dane's gonna pick one there. Yeah. They gave us a problem with this because we're yeah. <laughs> we're implying that there's passion flowers in the beer, which yeah. people claim medicinal you know, there's anti-anxiety or sleep aid components oh of these flowers. <laughs> I don't know, didn't you say like American Indians used to make tea out of it or something? There's, there's, there's folklore history, around it yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they had more of a problem with that because it claims a medicinal component to a beer rather than, you know, you call something rue or, you know, yeah. hellebore or, you know, it's like... Well, Those so are like beer. I mean, alcohol is poison in itself, so maybe they don't care as much about that. Right. Um, 
the question that came up to us is, you know, as we started getting some of these rejections, we'd name a beer like Amanita, we had one named, and they said no, because it implies that it's a type of mushroom, the, yeah. the classic red one with the white spots. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The Mario mushroom. Yeah. yeah. That's an Amanita. So okay. They would, it's called Amanita Muscaria, and they said, oh, this, uh, consumers might think that there's Amanitas in the beer. And we're like, so does that mean that any beer that's named after a noun, does that mean that we should assume that that thing is in it? Like, which doesn't seem to make sense. So like, if you had a, like a logger called House Hunter, there's either a house or a realtor. Right. Just like in the beer. My thought was like fat tire, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you claiming there's there's rubber in the beer? Right, right. Are there tires, specifically fat tires, in this beer? It just depends on the day you submit it, the agent who reviews it. Sometimes you can just cancel it and submit it again a week. Uh. We shouldn't admit that, but (laughs) sometimes they're like, well, if you change the font and put it on a different line, then it's less, you know, of an implication that this is in the beer. Well, that was for Amanita. We had it, uh, the the change was it said Amanita IPA, and they said, no, that's not okay. And we said, well, what if you said Amanita and below it is IPA? And they said, okay, that's yeah. fine. So, and to the TTB's credit, I've called them and just one what? ring, gotten a representative on the phone. She's like, pull, oh, let me pull up your case. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll approve this right now. Like, they're, they can be pretty accommodating if, you know, with, that with is reason. Not next, under, yeah, that's fine. Not next to it, though. So, but yeah, that's where the toxin came from. Like I said, naming beer sucks, and we don't want to fall into that, like, cheesy brew pub yeah. naming beers. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It gives us a little, it's something a little bit unique, you know, and, and it, part of, yeah. part, like we said, part of it's this art, right? Like, right. it's not just about, we didn't open a business just to make money. We didn't, like, you know, open a shop manufacturing widgets. We were like, this is a reflection of our personalities yeah. and things that we're interested in, making a place that we would want to hang out, making a product that we would want to consume. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look around here, you'll see all the little uh, decorations and, and details that we put a lot of thought into. And so we thought, you know, this will be really fun. And we get a lot of, you know, it, not that it causes controversy, but we get a mix of feedback. You know, some people yeah. just love the, the concept of the tox beers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we got molecules oh, yeah. on the wall in yeah. here. Yeah, no, I, the frog, which, the is that like frog. reminiscent yeah. of like the frog that you lick and you get? No, <laughs> that's a well, toad, that's a right? Yeah, that's a toad. Oh, all right. But, but it's a poison dart frog. They're, uh, I think, Amazon. They're a tropical frog, a tree frog that okay. in, the yeah, wild, yeah, yeah. in the wild, there's a dietary component. I've seen enough uh, Discovery Channel documentaries to know exactly what you're talking about. They eat like some fire ant in the jungle that makes yeah. them poisonous um you know not in captivity just in the wild but it's yeah. that was the thing where it's like well when we want a logo we want something that represents tox but it's also a cool imagery it's cute it's palatable it's colorful I, it's that's perfect. why we went with the frog in, in all honesty it's perfect people love it I yeah mean, we have i think it's awesome yeah, stuffed like, frogs behind the bar we give out to little kids <laughs> that come in with their parents <laughs> and it's honestly it's it's one of those names where it's not like you misconstrue it you know with like like say like uh, abomination and alvarium or like like that it kind of flows the same yeah. it's like tox it's just yeah it's, yeah it's you're not gonna it's, you're it's not gonna easy, mix it up it's with short anything. yeah it's it's been but like and then there we're, there's never a lack of things to name beer after like we don't stick to yeah. it too i mean still better is a new london theme i mean toxtoberfest yeah. is just alliteration that's built in but right, like yeah. chips and dip you know when it's it's nice, but you know, it's not. We don't abuse it to a point where it can get corny. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's we're, we're not pigeonholed to it, but it's it's nice. Like anytime I'm like Dane, we're brewing a Bach. Like I need some cool poisonous plants. What should we name a beer after? He'll give me a list of ten of them. I'm like, <laughs> perfect. Like poppy, great. So you like you teach? 
I do. Yeah. Do you ever like poll the students for a new like beer name? I have been known. <laughs> I knew you because <laughs> I would. I absolutely. I would. heard he, he mentions it in his lectures. Yeah. Once in a while, if anybody has a good idea, yeah. Um, so this is it, what I'm making. Yeah. This is the components that are in it. Give me a name, guys. His students <laughs> will come in, and he's like, "I can't serve them. That's a conflict of interest, or whatever." <laughs> or I'll get. To his credit, we get customers all the time when he's not here. He's like, "Oh, Doctor Lasky was a professor of mine. Doctor Lasky, he was. <laughs> I loved him. He always talked about his brewery. We wanted to come check it out because we we're in the area. So he's made a good impression on his students, or maybe the ones that don't like him just don't come." So that, to be clear, these are not children; they're grads. No, right? No, no, no. In pharmacy school, right? Yeah, it's obvious that they're over. Yeah, yeah over twenty-one. <laughs> and I ask them, please don't come to the brewery until after you've graduated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this wasn't like a yeah. kindergarten class. This isn't kindergarten <laughs> class. Kids coming in. Yeah. What does your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> well, just to bring it full circle, the nice thing about, we have a great customer base here. The nice thing about craft beer is you don't have to really deal with the dark side of it. You know, Very it's people true. with disposable income where it's, it's a hobby, it's a flavor yeah. thing. You know, you're not looking for people who just, you don't have people here who are just looking to tie one on and right. get drunk. You know, we're kind of priced out of that market. We have a great little community, the, uh, New London, Waterford, the surrounding towns, and then we get passing through. I mean, we have this like crazy Rhode Island following because we've done a collaboration with Long Live Brewing, um, become good friends with those guys, and just our proximity to the border and I-95. Like, yeah. We get a lot of passing through, and since the 12% thing, they distribute into New, Lon uh, New, New, New Jersey and New York, um, we get a lot of people kind of passing through who tried yeah. to go somewhere else, and they were vacationing to the Cape or Mystic or the casinos or something and they just kind of were on their radar so um, yeah we got a great customer base that's come from all different corners of the area it's been awesome so yeah. I gotta I gotta ask because sure. I just had it uh, last night but the night before um, was it lily pad water lily water lily yeah yes. oh, water lily yeah. So the nice oh. thing about Sky Gazers, we've known them since we opened. I mean, when before they were at their, we opened. yeah, when we were when they were at their previous location yeah, yeah, yeah. before they like split up, split and up, all, yeah. all that. Um, we were same exact system as them, same timeline, mm -hmm. you know, same kind of issues we were running into. So we became we like the same brew system from the same company in Colorado. Oh, no so kidding! Really? Made, um, and we did it at the same time. So. We had the same setup, and we were going through the same, same issues. Pains. Oh, yeah. so it helps that you guys so would became, talk to each other. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. mostly just Instagram DMing. We became yeah. super friendly with them, and still are. I mean, Eric, who kept the space and is yep. now his transcend. Transcend, yeah. Still text him. Still the same issues with our like shoddy system. <laughs> we, we, st we still text each other and ask about him, and then. Um, Taylor and Lauren, who broke off and took Skygazer to 12%, yeah, still yeah. very friendly with them. And it was one of those things where the nice thing about 12% is people are always coming and going. All the people that work out are there. Just, it's yeah. this cool community, and you know, I've made a lot of friends there. But them having a relationship prior to even working out of there, um, you know, now that we both work out of there, it's pretty cool. So we're, you know, they have their watercolors, and we have Lily of the Valley. So what a perfect yeah. blend of the names, Water Lily. And yeah, so we, uh, we borrowed notes from both of those recipes. A lot of it was, you know, Sky Gazer. We, we used their souring culture. We used like a combination of our fruit yeah. uh, base recipe, fruiting process. But we figured like, if we're gonna collab, we might as well just go weird with it. So that's for the Sweet chocolate. Defenses. We went like a dessert. I mean, it's the chocolate blueberry marshmallow the, thing. 
the way the flavors hit yeah. is just so it because I mean it was it's one thing to say you know oh we have all this and sometimes it's easy to pick up some and not others but you get like bombarded by it. you get hit every it's a single free, it's a three course meal yeah. you get the every blueberry the chocolate plate, yeah. and the marshmallow. marshmallow and it's just like wow but it's fun because when you think of those kettle sours you think of really fruit forward so to put some desserty like yeah. almost like stout adjuncts in there was. But it, it worked. I, I mean, I it's was pretty not, polarizing. One out of ten people are like, this is too weird for me. But it's been largely positive. I, I can see because, you know, it, it is a little bit on the, the sweeter side. You know, some people don't really like their beers that sweet. And, like, I have, I have my wife try it. My wife, she likes fruited sours. and But she's not really, she doesn't really drink beer like that. So she can't really pick up on the notes like that. I try to test, like, taste it. What do you taste? Let me know what you taste. <laughs> but... She doesn't pick up on all the notes, but even for her, it's like stuff like that she kind of enjoys. And she is not a beer person, like, at all. Like she, I still win. <laughs> yeah, you still win, yes. But she's more of a wine drinker. She loves wines. So it's, for her, the sour beers are a little bit easier buy-in for her because it has a little bit of a wine aspect to it, especially the fruited sours. Sure. And that one, she like, it was like, oh, yeah, no, this is, this is really, really good. And she was actually awesome. able to pick up the chocolate not so much the marshmallow and the blueberry. I was like, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> and temperature affects everything. So if you start it cold and take your time sipping mm -hmm. it through, like, you know, uh, yeah, take your last sip when it gets to room temperature, no. like, you get a pretty big it's, evolution it's, there. It yeah. never, out of the four I had, it never made it. <laughs> never made it past room temperature. Well, nope. <laughs> I can tell you right now. Harvest? If you can't yeah, resist. Yeah, I picked it up at Harvest, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it because for us, <clears throat> our philosophy for collaborations, but I guess. Uh, I can think of one exception, but it's always be as weird and, and creative as you can. Like, mm -hmm. it's your chance to... We don't want to do a collab and just do something normal. Like, you yeah, can do yeah, a yeah. collab so that you can do something that Crazy. You, you would never otherwise yeah. do. So, so like, this beer was a great example. Another example we have that we did here with Hop Culture in Colchester. Um, great brewery, Heather and Sam. And, yeah. you know, he does the farming, she does the brewing. They have yep. a really sweet spot up there. Super nice people great brewers and farmers um you know we, we've had coffee ipas you know whether like more of a west coast or traditional ipa mm -hmm. um this is like i've never had like a new england ipa with coffee so we're like let's try it they grow their own hops we roast our own coffee here john actually roasts coffee for our beers right oh, on our, okay. our other patio it's, yeah we use a lot of coffee it's you know one of the things we like to do a lot um so that was another thing, like, just get weird with it, like, do a coffee New England IPA, and, and the feedback on it has been much more positive than we expected, because it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's like a dissonance that works. It's like yeah, the, the yeah. two flavor profiles, you wouldn't pair together, but something about it just that, works That, like, together. sweet and salty. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's exactly. Like it's like a, it's like a chocolate-covered pretzel yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the citrus kind of juiciness from the IPA, and there's a little earthiness, too. We use some of their farm-grown Cascade hops. With our house roasted, I think we used Kenyan coffee. Okay. You know, very spicy, earthy, some yeah. berry notes in there. It just it worked really well. So that's kind of most of our collaborations have been that way, at least that we've hosted. I mean, Mocha Somniac, Abomination came here for. We did they, they do their own coffee as well. So that was like a blend of our coffees. Uh, it was like a mocha latte themed thing. You know we keep it a little simple we actually have an exciting we we went to providence to do a collaboration with long live and they're actually going to be coming here soon to do a collaboration in the next okay. few weeks and i don't want to spill the beans yet but something you can look forward to we found a very unique new zealand hop um blend that's 
just hit America in the, like last week for the first time. So we'll be one of the oh, first okay. breweries using it. It's like a botanical blend. Ooh. Um, it's really cool. So, you know, the details will come out as we brew it. But, you know, they're awesome. They're in Providence. They have a huge following and they're the nicest people. If you, never, if you haven't been out there, it's a great place to visit. Long live? Long live brewing okay. or beer work. Long live beer works. <clears throat> they're in um, Providence, like Providence. Right in the heart okay. of Providence. Really cool spot. Um, but that's another thing is like the community is so great I mean I was a fan and a customer of theirs before we even opened a brewery right and it got to a point where our Rhode Island fans and some of our regular customers would go out there because they liked them and they would oh, just bring us our they, yeah. they would bring them our cans I randomly got a DM from Long Live saying like hey our customers keep saying we should collab we've really liked the stuff you brought like let's do it what are you doing in September or whatever this was last yeah. year and it's wow. like like nothing in it for them i mean they have ten, like five times the amount of social media followers we do and yeah they're established and they you know it was just um really cool that they were just willing to like meet new people and try something new and work with people and i don't know it's just really cool and we've become friendly since then but you know i was like standing in the kitchen my wife was there doing dishes i'm like Honey, look! Like, look. She's, she's they like, want to oh. play with me. I know. She's like, okay. I'm like, this is Long Live, the only Rhode Island that yeah. I've been going to for two years. And she's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. So it's good job. Like, good yeah. Yeah. And then, I'm gonna continue watching you know, this. <laughs> you know, Armando, he went to uh, brewing school in England, which you, you always hear Czech and Belgian and German. Right, yeah. But, you know, you think of England beer. English beer is kind of warm and watered down and pump casks. And right. He, yeah. And he has a background in that, and so he like you know he always has a pump cask with crazy flavors on, and he's got like this cool like English influence, which is a little uncommon. And um, so the collab we did used all English malt, and I don't know, it's it's really cool. He's been a great contact. I'll randomly text him asking questions, and uh, so he's such, such a great community. And collaborations for us are a lot of people do it all the time as publicity and yep. you know for us it's a little more not calculated but like who do we actually want to spend a day with and right yeah, who do yeah. we want to work with and yeah. who do we admire or like you know you know it's, it's like a mutual thing where it's like you know who's influenced us who, who do we have a respect for right or like, well, uh, space uh, it an out interest in count. working with well yeah well. so it's it's a little less common i mean we do a few a year and it's um usually you know, it's not like people are asking us all the time, but like, you know, it's it's um, it's not as frequent for us. And when we do it, we try to make it a really cool thing. So. Well, it's like you guys said, it's art. So you guys treat it as art. So you're exactly. not just gonna collab with right everybody yeah. and anybody, you it's know, because then it's no longer it's it's no longer art. It's, you know, there's not art. special. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And everyone, you know, when you collaborate, and you pull from each other's artistic, you know, um, directions or whatever. It's fun. I mean. Yeah, brewing, if you look at a Venn diagram, it's like a little bit of art and science, and then the rest of it's just cleaning. It's all cleaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, all that's right, what yep, brewing yeah. is, it's just cleaning. It's a lot of cleaning. It's just being <laughs> wet and chemicals and cleaning. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, but, you know, I always say, like, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Just the key to beer is, like, just make the best beer you can and market it well, and everything else will fall yeah. into place. Yeah. Like, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Don't be mad at anyone. Don't be jealous of anyone. Just... Make the best beer you can and market it well. Well, you, you guys do that yeah, well. Doing that, you guys do you that guys, real well. You, so how'd you hear about us? Like twelve percent stuff. No, the or? first beer that, it, well, no, first it was seeing you guys a little bit on social media, 
And then it was when we had the the bomb and the toxic the toxic earth, earth. Oh, yeah. yep. toxic yeah. earth, and it was just like, oh my god. Okay, who did this? Yeah. All right. <laughs> like and then had, chips and dip too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd had an abomination before. Yeah, we had had a bo- abomination before. And then and you brought Toxic Earth, and that introduced us to yeah, you cause, guys. Because I got it originally because I saw, oh, it's Abomination, I'll get it. And then we were we were actually brewing, brewing that, day. that day. Yeah, yeah, we brewed that day. And it was, and then while we were, you know, of course, you got time while you're brewing, especially yeah. home brewing. Yeah. So it's like, I'm reading the can, it's like, oh, it's like, man, this is, we're just so into it. I'm reading the can, like, oh, man, oh, and this is Tox. And I'm like, I've seen Tox. Yeah. Well, the it's 12%, like, I've seen that frog. It's been so great for that because, you know, well, you told me the stat. It's like eighty percent of craft beer drinkers buy their stuff from package stores. Still, right? Oh, and we never had the ability to do that because yeah. we had and we were selling everything we could out of here. Right. And so the twelve percent thing has been so great. It's exposed us to this whole new world oh, of first time yeah, customers and, and I mean, fans. I mean, like for me, my usually my first experience with uh, not I want to say all brewers, but with a lot of brewers that I don't know about is usually from a package store because I go to. Uh, Harvest Wine Spirits in West Hartford, and he's got a beer cave, and it's he buys Huge. buys from a lot of yeah, crap, especially in Connecticut. So it's like I go there for because wife, kids, job, yeah. you know, <laughs> don't have a lot of time yeah. to just go, especially with a wife that doesn't like beer. Yeah, I can't say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to a couple breweries. Yeah. <laughs> Those places serve a very important. Um, part of yeah. craft beer. Yeah. So like, there's it, a convenience in being able to do convenience that. Convenience and, like, introduction. A variety, yeah. Yeah. introduction, right, it, right. It yeah. helps, it, especially with, with him because he knows how to store beer. So that really helps. Yeah, the ones that because, should be warm or warm. Yeah. The ones that should be cold or cold. Like, so, and he, like, this guy gets in so many beers, and he, he, it's not like you're looking at 17 breweries just going like this. Like, it's one brewery's here. One brewery. Yeah, here. that's that's hard when you're doing. It is. There's a science. So yeah, many sure. a week. You know. That. Yeah. Man, so you know. It, it's it's really nice to just to get an intro from somebody that I wouldn't you know had like I would have never been able to had have, have that beer if it wasn't for him because of the fact that he was there and I don't have the time to run down to twelve percent. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. I was I've been there once luckily <laughs> with my wife. Nice. <laughs> It's a cool I, spot. Yeah, I, they home yeah. deliver too, so a lot of I, you can get. I, I convinced yeah. her. Sky Gazer's there. Yeah. Want to go? <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's been a great ancillary part, other than being able to mass, not mass produce, but you know they do six times the size batches there. So like we do yeah. five and ten barrel batches here. They do thirty, sixty, ninety there, and yeah. um, it's a huge place. They do such it's, a good job, and the ability to get it into people's hands that wouldn't try us. Right. It's, it's been such a cool thing. And if they, they're taking the care to try and match your water. Oh, yes. That's, that's yeah. one small example. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, take, they take the highest level you know, of care. The, yeah. the difference isn't in me physically or Dane and I physically going there to make the beer. It's the 20 emails back and forth with Chase who runs the show there and they're talented brewers and if we decide to go. but I mean, like Dialing in the, the correct temperature to the right degree Fahrenheit of every part of the process. Okay, so exactly what time, and you guys know a little bit about brewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there are certain things when you're a home brewer, you'll wing it. Oh, okay, we'll have the right. hops, how long yeah. can, whatever. You know? <laughs> but these guys are like, no, exactly how many minutes does this happen? And yeah. So One of the keys to brewing a beer like this, at least for us, we find that um, whirlpool variables, how long you whirlpool, what temperatures, how much, 
that's a complicated thing because especially if you're above 180 degrees, like there's some hard to calculate, uh, you know, there's all kinds of amino acid conversions creating cool aroma and cool flavors, but mm -hmm. then like there's also where are IBUs being created, where are yeah, they yeah. not being created, right. you know, and that's, that's an area where it's very complicated and, and to translate here and there like from a five how, to a 30 yeah if you're if you're cooling for us to cool our batch down it takes a certain number of minutes to get it from boiling to below certain temperatures yeah things are happening in that time yeah and, and flavors are evolving and converting right. so it's the difference between baking your cake for 30 minutes or 60 minutes like if you can yeah, get yeah, a yeah. different result even yeah. though the recipe is the same because you're using a different equipment that's changing temperatures at different rates so these guys are are in tune with that and like and what's your cool course. down time and they're like okay so we'll yeah, within so, these times we're going to cool it down so that's what I was saying you. is it's the 20 emails back and forth mm -hmm. between me and Chase and pulling John and Dane into it too like to just every variable is so calculated and, and his ability to translate what we do on a five barrel system or what we're asking him to do based on our experience with a yeah. five barrel system and and to be able to upscale and the execution it. has been exceeded our expectations and it's really exciting because now there's this whole world of potential and we have oh, yeah. fans out of just that have only had our 12% stuff because they have wives and kids and can't drive to New London to, yeah. right. you know, I, I can't drive an hour and a half to get beer from a brewery very often. <laughs> so it's been really cool to accommodate those people and as well. It, that definitely helps because the last thing you need is, yeah, you're producing it, it's going out to market, but then when they come here, it just tastes different. Yeah, and it's true. It, Oh yeah, we yeah we were worried about that. That was one of our concerns. We said, you know, like what if, what if it's not as good as what we make, or worse, what if it's better than what yeah. we make? <laughs> that is worse. Yes. Yeah. Um, Some like, of it has been. Yeah. Like, well, lucky for us, it's been really on. I mean, it's to the point that if I was blindfolded on some of these, like, could I tell if we brewed it or if they did? Yeah. I don't know if I could. I mean, it's that close. So that and that's the ideal scenario for yeah. us. Yeah. And we've had. You know, we're like, great, we can service a market we can't tap into. But then there's also been this other counterintuitive thing effect of this where it's like, we get fans based on what we brew at a 12%. Then when we release a new London only beer, they're like, I want that. I guess I have to go to new London, London to get right, it yeah, yeah. because it's not 12%. So it's kind of like this mutually beneficial thing where it, um, it helps our local and broad business. Right, yeah, it gets the people out there that might not have heard of you, yeah. and then it draws them, draws them into your Absolutely. own. Cool. I'm impressed how long you guys have been doing this. I mean, you guys are putting out content so regularly. You, yeah, I've been seeing you guys on Reddit and Facebook yeah, all over it, for years. Yeah, we try. And I, I thought, yeah. ah, these guys will never make it our way just because back then we had no cans, and you guys are doing mostly cans. Um, so I'm happy that we got to meet you. Yeah, well, so we, awesome. the amount of beers that come out and like we we were like okay we're gonna the newest beers coming out of course it's you know when you start out you got the the best intentions and the the you know the the goal is so far out but you're gonna get it and we're going and going and going and going and there was just like fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, fuck it we we tried so hard to keep up and it was just like no. That is impossible. Texting back at your own pace. Yeah. yeah. Look at this beer. Look at this beer. Look at this beer. Look at this beer. It's just and like, it's, yeah. It ugh. was just like. Oh. And then we started out. We were doing, we were doing uh, six six beer review days, and we were all drinking a can each. Yeah. And it was like we'd leave my garage on a Sunday, like, <laughs> holy fuck! I like to see the yeah. first beer versus the oh, last beer. And yeah. I, I we, could tell when yeah. I edited. It was like, oh yeah. That's the last beer. Yeah. 
<laughs> Everything is completely cursive. Just yeah, you know, it's, not, it's about to clean it. To clean it up is it was always just like, oh my, I really. Brando, I can't make you sound any better in this video. It's gonna have to go out like this. Has it been good? Like you've gotten more and more listeners yeah. and stuff. You know what? We have on Facebook. We get more traction on YouTube. It's. We're uh, pigeonholed. Yeah, I think we're we're stuck in some dark realm of YouTube. Oh, where it's, it's, it's all <laughs> yeah, the, it, all yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. You know what we do on YouTube. So on Facebook, we get you know way more views and stuff like that. And then we get a lot of traction on off of Reddit. You yeah, know, we see the stuff on yeah. the, like the Reddit beer groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll post it on the Reddit. We'll get traction over that and stuff like that. We get tra- we get a lot of traction on Instagram, but I don't. Know, I'm. I don't have enough time yes. to re-edit a video in Instagram TV's format, yeah. so it's like, yeah, no, done. I am not. You gotta pick your battles. <laughs> yeah. You know I yeah. about it. I mean, in the same way that we talk about beer, I mean, I get the sense from watching this, you guys aren't doing this for the view count. You're doing no, this no. because this is what yeah. you love to do, and you'd be doing it whether there was a camera on or not. Oh yeah. And that's what makes it great. You that, know, yes. that's what makes it genuine. That that's how it started. It was like we were drinking beer, we were talking about it, we were had a party. It's like yeah. And then Let's you went, do videos you went a little this. further yeah. with it. Yeah. That's how yeah. this started. Yeah. We, that's exactly. we liked to brew beer in our garages and our back porches and drink beer and just bullshit and talk about life and then like one day we were just you want, you want to go for it? Like, go for it. You know, let's. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. It's funny. We talk about what what it took to get here. Like, you know, you're multiple phases of government yeah. or approvals and permits and finding buildings and equipment and stuff you don't know and you know that you don't know and and if it's overwhelming, I can't imagine going through it again. But it's like when you're in it, as you guys know, you break it off one piece at a time yeah. and all of a sudden you're doing it. It's like a road trip, right? It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. About the journey, yeah. Exactly. It's about having fun along the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's just been, you know, that's why we went back. We're like, you know what? Let's let's just do we can constantly talk about the beers. Why don't we just talk to the people? Like that just seems plus it's more interesting to me. I'd rather talk to the people creating it, you know, what you went through to get you know, a brewery open, start the beers, naming of the beers, how did you do this? Instead of just be like, yeah, it's hazy, I'm getting notes of grapefruit. (laughs) The the Michelin rated chef has a much more interesting story than than the food on the plate, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's true. It's so, and it's nice for for us to do this and to let people out there know that, you know, you guys do have a passion for this. And it's not just, you know, just trying to get a check or, you know, there's there's a lot of passion that goes into this beer. And to just do, like, dumb shit, like, fucking drain pours on fucking, on Facebook oh, and stuff. Geez. It's it's like... We can't believe we did that. We, like, Dane played, like, a funeral harmonica song while we were dumping a beer down the drain that just wasn't good enough or whatever. And <laughs> people responded to that and we didn't expect it. We are like, we thought it was just going to be this throwaway funny post. And we were like, oh... Kudos to you for doing that. Hell yeah! yeah. Out. It was like people still. It was they still again, talk this about. This was it. like a single moment. We haven't, like, we haven't we, dumped a beer. And we were dumping the beer, and I, I play harmonica, and I pulled yeah. it out and played a. Yeah, he few, probably has one in his pocket. Yeah, right I now. Usually, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're playing, and, and yeah, it was just like this dumb one-off. Didn't, yeah, didn't plan this in advance or anything, and people to this day still talk about. Oh, you're the guy. You were playing the harmonica while the beer was yeah. dumped down the yeah. drain. And yeah, I mean, man, there was something about that moment that it was crazy. I mean, you know, I think it's just it put out this this um, 
And I think it showed who you guys were. We're not going to put out something that we don't yeah, like. I think it translates we, to yeah. quality. Like, if you quality, look at absolutely. untapped ratings or Google <laughs> reviews or whatever, like, you know, there's a trickle-down effect where if we're not putting beer out we're not happy with, it'll, you know, benefit those right. metrics in the long run, I guess. But, you know, we're not thinking about that at the moment. We're just like... I'm not I'm selling not, this. I'm not kegging five barrels right. of this. this no, is not I'm sure there was no, like, if I play a harmonica and I, we angle yeah. the camera like this <laughs> and you pour it like this, people are, it's right, going right. to resonate. It was just like, we don't like this beer, we're pouring it. Yeah. Yeah. And Dane had a harmonica in his pocket. So right. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, that's that. great. That's, that's funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there's been like two or three breweries that I've commented on that have posted something like that or posted like uh, you guys I commented heavily on. Um, Labyrinth, like this highly anticipated beer was supposed to come out. Something was wrong with it. It wasn't good. Sorry, guys. We're pouring it down. And there were people Such on there a like, good move. Oh, whoa, you know, oh. It's like, yo, are you, ki- are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, they're dumping hundreds, if not thousands of dollars away, man hours and labor, yeah. because they don't want you to taste this. Because they're, it's not up to their standards. Yeah, they didn't want to dump stop. it either. Trust it, me. Yeah, yeah stop. Yeah. Right. That's true. I mean, and that the one lesson we've learned through that process is like maybe we shouldn't really announce beers until, <laughs> until, until they're ready or we know they're good. like we have some barrels that are maturing and some barrel age release finally I mean yeah. we've been over for two and a half years and we had such demand in our tap room that we couldn't sacrifice two four barrels of beer to fill barrels with right um, but we finally have some that are maturing, and I'm still like, I'm not, I don't want to <laughs> yeah, tease them too hard in case something goes wrong, yeah. or you know, wait till they're in bottles or whatever. But um, that's an exciting thing you can look forward to. Is yeah, barrel aged tox beers finally. That was our silver lining of pandemic was you know uh, how busy we were. You know, like all of a sudden, just keeping our heads above water the entire mm-hmm. time, and then tap room is closed, sales slowed. Yeah. Um, but it freed up some time, and it was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to wallow in our yeah, right. sorrow? Or, or are stop we gonna... brewing? Like, hey, let's, I, I, let's I try crazy some, stuff. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk to some brewers that just stop brewing. They're like, yeah, I got too much beer to sell. And you know, and for us, it's like, well, how can we use this time to do right. other creative mm-hmm. things? It's like, so yeah, that was an exciting thing. Like, try some new lagers, you know, stuff that can ferment for lager for six to eight weeks yeah fill some barrels split batches take four you know four barrels of imperial stout barrel age some of it adjunct some of it yep you know throw coffee and chocolate and some of it you know, just, <laughs> so yeah we gotta probably i mean we don't have much space in there but we can tuck the barrels in every corner i we saw can it find. i saw it too yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we yeah have, i mean you guys maximize the hell out of your space that's yeah, so funny and like yeah anytime people that work you know work with us back there complain about space and like yeah it could be worse you know like <laughs> we somehow grew our seller capacity 80 percent through pandemic when we were already maxed out on space right moving things around yeah. shifting tanks around running leaner on things like ordering only what we need for certain inventory turns right mm-hmm. um yeah so and yeah just i'm it tickles me that you commented on it just because it, you're talking to two guys who built this with our hands. Like we, we don't come from big money. We didn't have big loans. We didn't have contractors doing all this. We got this space to, you know, with our own pocket change and did this ourselves. And if you walk in that room and, and put a blindfold on and spin around and point at a random spot of the room, (laughs) there's a story behind that. For instance, this shelf right here, Dane mounted this at three in the morning one night because we were waiting for a plumber 
because one of our drains clogged for oh, a brew day, oh, and wow. we were stuck here waiting for an emergency plumber that couldn't come till like two in the morning, and still could barely. I don't even think he got the job done. But <laughs> Dane had these supplies. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and he sorry. was like, "Yeah, I might as well mount the shelf." Like, wow. There's yeah. one of those in every corner of the room because we punk rocked it. We did it yeah. as much as we could our own. Whether it was the lights, the floors, the walls, the furniture we built and the bar with i think to a lot of people a lot of consumers you go to these little microbreweries and you guys have been to dozens mm-hmm. yep. so have we right and they all it's easy to look at them like they're a cookie cutter like okay another right. one of these you got an okay yeah. great you got an industrial space yeah, an old warehouse or yeah, yeah. Oh, right. you got these uh, the edison lights how unique a right? shiplap wall <laughs> or aluminum siding on your bar yeah you know, there's a hop cone picture somewhere like, yeah but you talk to the people who own it like us and it's not you know we're not owning a franchise like mcdonald's like this was very personal yeah to us. right this yeah. was something that we did designed ourselves, did with our hands and and so yeah we do have this kind of pride so you find it around and yeah so anybody watching who's uh who who kind of looks at us as all the same um it really well i hope that you can appreciate the little details in the breweries yeah yeah you know you you put your own stink all over it and then you just hope it resonates with people agreed and we've had great customer base that seems to enjoy coming back you know you know we're small we're we're on a main drag here i'm sure there's some people that would prefer we were in a quieter, more wide open space, and hopefully someday we can have a bigger tap room. But in the meantime, this is what we've had and have, and we put so much of our own personality into it. And you know, enough people um, seem to like it where we can make a living doing it. So yeah, that's all it is. And you know, also well, congratulations seriously to you guys. This is. Thanks. We're proud awesome. of you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you guys did Seriously. very well. Awesome. Thanks for taking an interest. Absolutely. Shout out to all the great people that work for us and our patient wives at home. And, yeah. Um, you know. And your once a year, once every two year vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and our staff that works hard for us. I Absolutely. Mean, before we even had a payroll set up, we had people coming and just pour, like friends and family cleaning dishes and pouring beer just because they were excited to see us do <laughs> yeah. it. And now a lot of those people still, you know, like. Emily is behind the bar right now. She drives 45 minutes to come work every Saturday just because she likes to be here and has been with us since before we opened. And, you know, we've had almost no turnover. And it's just really, I think it's a, just a testament of the atmosphere here that people yeah. really like to work here and come here. And we got a great team behind us. And it's, even through COVID, like, we didn't have to lay anyone off. We uh, People understood that we had to, like, you know, cut back hours yeah, or right, do these yeah. things. And uh, it's just, it's really heartwarming and I hope it's a reflection on the way Dane and I kind of put this place together that our customers and people that work with us like to be here so or people like you guys yeah, come drink our absolutely. beer and appreciate what we're doing definitely oh, we, we will we will be appreciated well um thank you guys for having us absolutely and uh we appreciate this very much thank you for yeah. having us absolutely <laughs> hell yeah we're the guests. Uh, no. it, it worked out so easily typically dane and i are being pulled in 10 different directions and you guys were like yeah you put 28th. a camera up people are just like oh they're busy yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys were like the 28th and we're just like yeah actually that works great yeah. like let's Maybe do it, it so, yeah so yeah we, we really appreciate it, it. So uh, make sure you guys come down to New London to Tox Brewing and yeah. uh, try a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great beer, great spot, great environment, yeah. great brewers, great owners. Please, come and check them out. Yeah, yep. and the stuff at 12% too. Ask if you don't get it at your local stores, ask them to get it. Yeah, yeah. Abs- definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're regularly in Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and who knows where else we'll be. But yeah, I mean, farther as soon as possible. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> So, as always, drink responsibly, stay wobbly. Come check out Talks. We'll catch you on the next one.
Deuces.